Hello, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church in San Philip, Texas. Before we go any further, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the week behind us and for the, your presence with us. And we thank you even more for the week ahead with all the promise that it holds. And we pray, O oh God, that you would uh, be with us right now as we uh, dig into your word and learn about you and about ourselves and how you relate to us and how we relate to you. And we pray, O oh God, that uh, you would use this time to just touch our hearts and bring us to uh, just a newness of life. Lord, I pray for those who are ill this day and are watching this podcast at home. I pray, O oh God, that uh, you would be with them, that you would touch them with your healing grace and just strengthen them. There are others that are facing tremendous decisions in their lives this week. And we pray, O oh God, that you would be with them and just guide them, direct them, and give them pieces in the decisions that they make. It's election week this week, and Lord, as people go to the polls, we pray, O oh God, that you would just uh, take blinders from their eyes, just cause scales to fall from their eyes, and help them to see everything clearly, and help them to know your will, and help them to vote your will as they go into the polls this week. We pray for our country. We pray, O oh God, that you would guide us all in a right direction. And Lord, we uh, pray also for all those who are leaders at this time, uh, at every level, from national on down to local levels, Lord God, that you would guide them, direct them. Lord, there's some people who are facing uh, danger at this time in different ways. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you just put a hedge of protection about them and protect them. All these things we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture lesson is found in Romans, the first chapter, the first through the seventh verses. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. This is All Saints Day. And uh, one of the questions that we might ask is, what is a saint? Paul, he addresses this letter to the Romans, to, he addresses it to the saints, to those who are called to be saints in Rome. Well, 
Here's a story. One day a man was walking uh, through a beautiful church building with his four-year-old son. And as they walked, the young man looked around and he stopped and he was curious about the stained glass windows that looked so beautiful with their bright colors. As the little boy looked at the windows, he asked, Who are all the people in the windows, Daddy? And the father said, They are saints. And the little boy asked, What are saints, Daddy? And the father was stuck. How was he going to explain who saints were to a four-year-old boy? And as the boy was still looking up at the windows and the father was still wondering how he would explain who saints are, the boy suddenly shouted out, I know who saints are, Daddy. They are the people that the light shines through. I think that is one of the best definitions of what a saint is. Paul addresses those who are called to be saints in Rome. Later, when he addresses the Corinthians, he addresses those who are called to be saints in Corinth. And if he were to write a letter to us uh, here at San Philip United Methodist Church, it would be addressed to those who are called to be saints in San Philip. You see, a saint from a biblical point of view isn't someone who has a halo over their head and wears old-fashioned clothes and uh, has gone through some sort of uh, tremendous veneration by the church. From the biblical view, a saint is anyone who has heard the call of God through his son, Jesus Christ, and has responded to that invitation by repenting, turning from the ways of the world and the flesh, and started following Jesus. They have been washed and cleansed by his precious blood and made righteous and pure in the sight of God, the word saint means holy one. And holy means to be set apart for the service of God. And when you came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you consecrated yourself. You wound up, you may not have realized it, you set yourself aside from the world. You separated yourself from the world and you gave yourself to the service of God. Now that doesn't mean that you become a preacher or a nun or uh, some sort of a Christian worker. It means you become a Christian, a believer in Christ who is now living your life for Christ apart from the world. And you're in the world, but you're not of the world, you see. So you are set apart. You are holy. And you have been washed and cleansed and made holy in the sight of God through the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out for your sins. You see, a saint is every born-again believer They've been set apart from the world, now in the service of God. A saint is not one who has been exalted. A saint is one who exalts Jesus Christ. A person becomes a saint when Jesus Christ becomes his Savior. 
You know, there are only two classes of people in the world. There are saints and ain'ts. And if you are not an ain't, then you're a saint. And if you are a saint, you have trusted Christ. It is not your character that makes you a saint. It's your faith in Jesus Christ and the fact that you are set apart for him. As Paul said of himself in the beginning, he was a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Now, the Christian celebration of All Saints Day stems from a belief that there is a power-spiritual bond, a connection that remains between those in heaven, which we call the church triumphant, and the living, which we call the church militant. Oh, this morning as we sang in church, we sang about this as we sang for all the saints. We declared it in our Apostles' Creed as we shared it this morning when we affirmed that we believe in the communion of the saints. In Hebrews, we're reminded that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who, although separated us for a while, are still connected in a very real and living way because of our shared eternal life in Christ. In the United Methodist Church, All Saints Day revolves around giving God solemn thanks for the lives and deaths of his saints, including those who are both famous and obscure. And so it's a time to honor individuals throughout the church universal, such as Paul the Apostle, Augustine of Hippo, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, in addition to individuals who have personally touched our lives and helped us in our faith and to help us to come to Jesus. It's a time to remember those who have inspired us, those who have mentored us, those who've set examples for us, those who have encouraged us and helped us in our Christian life. It's a time to honor those who have gone before us, who paved the way for the gospel to reach our hearts. And that includes pioneers in the faith, like all those who even made our church uh, at San Philip possible, and those who made any church where you may attend uh, or any church around you possible. It includes those who uh, kept our church going until they were called home and passed the baton to us. And it includes all those throughout the church universal who have uh, kept the church going and have now passed the baton on to those who are living today. It includes grandparents, parents, husbands, wives, aunts, uncles, preachers, Sunday school teachers, music teachers, choir directors, co-workers, bosses, friends, neighbors, and so many more. As you remember the faithfulness of those examples of the faith, they still inspire you, don't they? And as you realize the hopes and expectations that they had for you and still do, you may realize 
that you haven't been the person that either they or the Lord have called you to be. And let's face it, it may hurt as you realize that. And maybe the Lord is using this time today to call you to get back on track with him. Two brothers were convicted of stealing sheep many years ago in England, and in accordance with the punishment of those days, they were branded on their foreheads with the letters S-T for sheep thief. One brother, who just wasn't able to handle the stigma, fled to a foreign country where he died full of bitterness and was buried in a forgotten grave. But the other brother chose not to run away. He said, I can't get away from the fact that I once stole sheep, but I will remain here and I'll make the best of it. I'll change my way of living, do what's right, and try to get back the respect of my neighbors as well as my own self-respect. And so in the years that followed, if there was any community service to be done, he was involved in it. Any way that he could help his community, he tried to. If a neighbor needed a helping hand, he helped them. If he ran across someone that needed food, he fed them. He just went out of his way, and it became his way of life to be a kind and helpful and gentle and meek person. And as he did so, he gradually established a reputation of integrity, respectability, honesty, and worth. And you know what? He was venerated in that town. Then one day, a stranger was in town, and he happened to notice uh, uh, this old man with uh, the letters ST on his forehead. Now, I must say, with age, the scarlet red scar had faded, so that it was just a vague white mark on his forehead now. And he asked one of the local people what that ST that he could see on the gentleman's forehead meant. And after pondering for a while, the villager said, you know, it all happened so long ago that I can't remember the particulars. But most of us really think that the letters are an abbreviation for the word saint. You see, you are a saint. You have given your life to Christ, and he has given you new life. Paul began this letter to the Corinthians by calling them saints. But then in his letter to the Corinthians, he goes on, you know what he does? He addresses their shortcomings. And it's as if he was telling them, Corinthians, you were called to be saints. Now live like it. As we look back on those who have made such a difference in our life and helped us in our faith, we realize 
that they are those who let the light shine through. And so, as you remember that you are called to be saints, remember, you are called to be people who let the light shine through. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today, and hopefully we'll see you next week.